last week and this week, we're looking at John 3.16. So if you missed last week's message, um, we, we talked about the, the, the word sin and how God gave us Jesus. One of the main goals he came was to fulfill our sin need. Jesse, if you still have the, the um, two definitions from last week, do you still have those? No? We saw there's two different words for sin. And one of them means what everyone thinks sin is, is this wet, heavy blanket that's holding onto you and pulling you down. It's like, yeah, I know I'm terrible. I know I'm horrible. I know I've got all of these problems in life. And, and someone says, you're a sinner. And it's really this bringing you down thing. But we saw there's two different words that actually are um, interpreted sin in the Bible. And really what they mean, the first one is you missed the mark. And that was the whole purpose of last week's message. And if you didn't hear it, you can go back and listen to it on our podcast, of course, on our app. You can go listen to it or the video you can see on our TV, um, belong, dfw.tv. You can go back and watch that as well. And you can see the whole thing. And it's just this dartboard image and you missed the mark. And that's what we talked about. Another definition means Failure means you've missed the mark so many times that missing the mark is now defining you. And so many people find themselves in this place that you say, man, I would characterize my own life as a failure. I would say I've missed it so many times that that defines me. But even in that, we saw last week that God sent Jesus to cover when we missed the mark. And even when we've missed the mark so many times that we would say it's a failure. This morning, I want us to look at John 3, 16 in a different light. And, and I love that video and all the different ways it broke it down. But if you'll open your Bible with me, and it's going to be on the screen here. For God so loved the world that he gave. Now, I, I highlighted that he, and that's the title of my, my message this morning, that he. Because I want us to see what that, how that all comes in, and we're just going to break this down for just a minute. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. See, love motivated action. God so loved that he, he didn't just love and go, well, you know, I hope they get it together. He got involved in our lives. That he. That's why I wanted that to be the thing that jumps out at us this morning. It's a title. Everything surrounds that he. He loved. It motivated him. That he. In Romans 5, verse 8, it says, God demonstrates his own love, his own love, how much love he has for us in this, that while we are still sinners, while we are still missing the mark, Christ died for us. See, he didn't say, I'm going to wait till you get it all together, and then you can come to me. He says, no, while you are still not even realizing I'm a part of your future, while you're not even realizing how good I have this great and wonderful life ahead of you, while you're still out there missing the mark, Christ died for us. In that, God demonstrated his great love for us. See, so many times people think churches, man, i got to get my act together. I've got to have everything. I've got to dress right. I've got to act right. I've got to talk right. I've got to do all these things right before I can even come to church. That is the furthest thing from the truth. God demonstrates he, so that he shows his action to us, his own love 
that while we were still sinners, he died for us. I'm going to say it again. Love motivated action. Love. That love of God, he demonstrated it motivated actions. In Philippians 2, says this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? And I, I couldn't help but highlight belonging because we just rebranded our name, you know, and what I believe God wanted us to be is belong church. Is there any encouragement in belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? That makes me, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, Working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try and impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. See, God so loved that he. And here in Philippians, Paul's saying, can you take the same initiative that God did? Can you love so much that it motivates an action in you that you take an interest in others? Can that love that you've received from God, and man, you may not even have it all together yet, but you've just received this love for God, and can you take an interest in others? In order to do that, he says, go on, verse 5, you must have the same attitude that Christ had. Though he was God, he didn't think... Of equality with God is something to cling on to do. In fact, instead, he gave up his divine privileges in heaven and he took on the humble position of a slave. He came down. He was born as a human being who, when he appeared in the human form, verse 8, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. But as I was reading this, isn't it amazing? He humbled himself. Jesus, the Son of God, humbled himself in obedience to God. See, this was God's plan, not Jesus' plan only. It was God's plan. For God so loved the world that he, he told Jesus, hey, I need you to go to earth and do something. And Jesus, in obedience to God's heart of love, came and died a criminal's death on the cross. God so loved you. God so loved me that he, it motivated him to do something. It motivated Jesus to obey his dad. Here Paul's saying, can you get involved in other people's lives just like God got involved in yours? Last week we looked for just a minute. It's one of the kinds of passing over stories of the prodigal son. And it's found in Luke chapter 15, and I encourage you to read the, the whole thing on your own time. And I, that's not the point of the message today, but I'm just going to recap some of it. That the story, this allegory that Jesus is telling in Luke chapter 15, he says, the kingdom of God is like this. If I'm going to paint a picture for you, this is what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a father who had two sons. And the one came to him and said, Father, I want half of my I want my inheritance. I want half of everything that's coming to me. I don't want to wait for you to die. I just want it now. And I want to go and just try my hand at the world. His father tried to talk him out of it, but the son wasn't hearing it. So the father gave in and gave it to him. 
He went out and he spent it. And most people, if you read into the, the translations of it, he, he probably invested it in the stock market and he put it in Facebook and Facebook dropped all these percentages this week and it was not good for him. And, um, and that's my lame attempt at being humorous. And, and so he, he lost it all. And all these people are so happy to be around him in the story that Jesus is talking, when he's got money, when everything's going well for him. But when he lost it all, their interest also was lost. Jesus goes on to say that he lost everything to the point that he had to get a job and he wasn't qualified to do anything. So he ended up sleeping with the pigs and feeding the pigs and he didn't have anything to eat. So he ended up eating the spoiled, rotten food that they are feeding the pigs and in the midst of all of that, he looks up and goes in verse, 5, chapter 15, verse 18. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both you and heaven. I never should have demanded what I thought was mine. I never should have taken all these steps. I've missed the mark is literally what that word means and what we looked at last week. Father, I've missed the mark. I thought I could do life. On my own, I thought I was ready for it all. I thought I had it all under control. I thought I had a plan, but I missed it. So many times, that's the definition of our lives. I don't know anyone that hits the mark all the time. I don't know anyone that, man, they set out to do everything and everything's just perfect for them. That everything that they plan to do, oftentimes our life is ending up as things that we think is going to turn out well, doesn't. How I think this is going to work out. Man, I can see this all working out good. And it's like, well, I missed one little component. And then, ah, it's not like I thought. Sometimes it's even worse than that. That, man, I, I just really missed it big time on this. He says, I'm going to go home to my father and say, I missed it against heaven. God knows I missed it and against you. And the story goes on that he went home and his father was standing out on the porch looking every day. Is that my son coming? The next day. Is he coming back yet? That father's heart isn't looking for him to be failed, isn't looking for him to have missed the mark, but looking for him to come back. And I believe even in that, the father's hoping, man, that everything worked out with him. He's coming back victorious. Maybe he's coming back with a wife. Maybe he's coming back with, and increased everything. And man, it's all good. It's going good, dad. It worked well. He's looking for him. I don't think he's looking for him out of, like, it's all bad. But he's looking for him. He comes back and his dad sees him. He takes off running down the road to him grabs him and he finds that his son is broken. And he says those same words that he said in the pig pen. He says, Dad, Father, I've sinned. I've missed the mark with you and with heaven. Can I just be a servant? Can I just be the lowest of the lowest with you? And I, I know I messed up. His dad goes, no, come on. Call to servants, get a great robe, get a ring, put it on his finger, give him his, restore him back to the level that he was as my son. Kill the fatted calf. We're going to have some brisket tonight. We're going to have a great celebration. My son has returned. 
See, I believe he wasn't looking for his son to come back as a failure. He was looking for his son to come back, but he accepted him whether he came back with, hey, it all worked out, dad, it's going great, or dad, I came back and I missed it. The father's heart was so motivated with love that no matter what, his son came back with news. See, God so loved the world He's up there on his porch. Jesus is giving us this analogy that God is looking for us to come to him. But he's not just sitting there waiting. He was motivated, so loved that he. Jesus talking in John chapter 13 says, Now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, love each other. So Jesus here is putting the the comparison. My father loved you so much that he sent me. And just as I have loved you, now I want you to love each other. But now here's where it gets a little sticky for us. Verse 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Wow. Because you see, I don't believe this is just a, hey, I love you. Hey, yeah, I saw you during the walk around, the greet time at church. Yeah, I gave you the side hug. and Yeah, the high five. Yeah, I love you. That's not proven nothing. I believe that Jesus is putting this level of accountability on us here. It says that your love will prove The way you act towards other people, the way you extend your love, the way that you have love so much so that you do something, that's what proves to the world that you're a disciple of mine. So I have a question for you this morning. What proof is your love? What proof is your love? So if you're in a court of law and they're putting you up on the stand and they're trying to prove or disprove that you love like God loves, what evidence are they going to lay out? Are they going to say, look at this example of how they did this selflessly. Look how they did this and look at how. And we kind of went through some of that this morning with the scriptures, how we see so much that God loved us so that he did. What is the so that in your life? What is the proof? Of your love. First John 4, verse 7 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. See, this isn't something you can do out of your own strength. This isn't something you can just do by yourself, that you're just naturally loving to everybody. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment in the whole Bible, in the whole Old Testament, and all the the stuff? And they're expecting him to pull one of the Ten Commandments or one of the 600 other ones that are there, all this volumes, and he just totally messes everything up for them. He goes, number one, love the Lord your God. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. But you see, love comes from God. If you don't love God, if you don't have a personal relationship with him, you're never going to love yourself, and you're never going to love your neighbor. Let us continue to love one another. Love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God. And what's this word here? 
knows God, has a relationship with God. Our number one tenet of our church is we want you to know God. Because if you don't know God, you're never going to proceed into anything else. You have to know God. You have to have this personal relationship. Verse 8, but anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. He's the author of love. He's the, exa- the entire example. That's how I can love is because he loved me and because I have this relationship with him. I'm going to act like him. I'm going to have that love flowing out of me. Verse 9, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world. So that, there it is again, so that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10, I love this. This is real love. So many people are out there searching for love. Songs about, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. You got all this, where's love? How can I make this happen? And just this hustle, this, this is real love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice take away our sins. He paid for our sins so I don't have to. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. God loved us that much so that his love motivated his actions. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. Jesus, in John 10.10, says, The enemy is out there, and he's trying to rob, to kill, and to destroy you. That's on one hand. On the other hand, but I, Jesus, have come to give you life to the full. Can you put that scripture back up? I've come to give you life to the full. And it's that same thing that's at the bottom of this, that his love is brought to full expression in us. His love gives us that life to the full, that full expression. 21 days of prayer starts next week. I've been challenging everyone for the last couple of weeks to, to plan for it, to get in your mind what you're going to pray for. What, what are you believing? What are you asking God for? And we, we talked about that a few weeks ago, that there, there's intentionality of, God, this is something that's really there that I'm really asking you for. And we've got the prayer requests, the, the goals for 2018 that we did in January. We're praying over those. And all this stuff will be laid out here. And we'll have, it's very structured for the 21 day of prayer. And the, time, the whole hour will be gone before you know it. You won't even realize that it's gone. But we're, we're challenging you, encouraging you to plan, to be intentional. What are you believing for? But today, can I add another layer onto that? Can I ask you, who are you believing for? Who are you praying for? Who is the person or persons that you would say your name so loved their name so that that you 
prayed for them during 21 days of prayer. That you went out of your way to show them Christ's love. You loved so much that you did. You fill in the blank. Who can we show Christ's love to daily? 1 Peter 4 verse 8 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. talking to us show deep love for each other for love and i would put in parentheses god's love covers a multitude of sins and that word sins is the definition of failures I've missed the mark so many times. It's, I've tried and I miss. I've tried and I miss. I've tried. That it even describes me as a failure because I've missed it so much. And, and Jesus here in Peter's words are saying, God's love is so deep that you need to be shown for everybody that it even covers a multitude of missing the mark so much that it defines them as failures. Wait, you're telling me that people that have messed up so bad that most people have written them, written them off, that I want to write them off, that God says I should show deep love for them? And that love actually covers over all of their mess-ups? That's what I'm telling you. Because not only is that what we're supposed to do for everyone else, that's what God did for us. See, missing the mark is not what defines us. Missing the mark so many times that everybody gave up on us that we are now classified as a failure does not define us. Because God's love covers a multitude of that. So many that I can't even put a, a number on it to say, well, if you do this, then yeah, that's too much. No, there's not too much. It's a multitude. See, that's God's heart for us. Can I tell you? God is not consumed with you missing the mark or your failures. He's consumed with loving you. In the story that Jesus talked about, the father standing on the porch looking. He's not looking to say, ha ha, you missed it. <laughs> I knew you were going to mess up. He's consumed loving you so much that he prepared the way even before you knew there was a way. See, God so loved that he gave forgiveness, but he doesn't give up. What he gave was forgiveness. He didn't give up. Forgiveness equals love. Please bow your heads and without anybody looking around. This morning, this message, like last week's and like many messages, is for every single one of us. Last week, we saw the scripture said, For we all have missed the mark, fallen short of God's glory, of the standard that we would want to do for Him. We all have done that. We're all deeply in need of a Savior. So this morning, the first step in knowing God is to accept Him. 
And if you've never accepted him, this could be your day. This today could be the first day of the rest of your life with him. Or wherever you're at, whether you're watching live, whether you're in this room, whether you're listening to our podcast later on, maybe even years from now, the message is still the same. He's there for you. All you have to do is just pray to him and ask him. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's not the prayer you have to pray. There's nothing magical in my words. It's just an example that I'm going to give to help you out. This is a private thing between you and God. There's a time for a public proclamation, but this is not it. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. If that's you this morning, I just want you to simply say this prayer. And like last week, I encourage everybody because we all have sinned. We've all missed the mark. And we all may have multitudes of things that we would say, God, I'm not really proud of. And like that prodigal son, I want to come back. If that's you this morning, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Just say this. Say, Jesus, thank you for paying for my sins so I don't have to. Today's my day. I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me. I come just as I am. I'm not waiting to get cleaned up. I'm not waiting to be perfect. Coming just as I am. I surrender it all to you. And I choose to follow you. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone who's prayed that prayer, everyone who will pray that prayer in the future. Lord, everyone listening to the sound of my voice. Lord, that your presence is what encounters them. Father, we know that when we call out to you, when we pray and ask of things of you, that you are right there with us. So Lord, I thank you for answering everyone's prayer. Thank you for answering my prayer. Father, I give all of these words to you. I give you this message. God, I give you the challenge that I've given to everyone and myself as well about being intentional with 21 days of prayer, about having things prepared to come and ask you for, but Lord, also to ask you for people. That Lord, you're so motivated by your love for people that supersedes every other thing. Your love motivated action. Lord, let my love that I get from you Motivate action through me as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.